0: Good morning. Today's daf is daf Samach. I'm going to go from the Mishnah towards the bottom of Nun Tesamud Bei fifty nine B. And today's Shiz Le'ilu Nishma Ben Sion Ben Ze'ev Avramalevi, and Le'ilu Nishma Shainabas Bas Yitzchak and Yitzchak Leib Ben Yosef. May the memory be a blessing. Um. Yeah. So the Mishnah states again we're carrying on discussing the avoider regarding the Korban Pesach. One of the, one of the principles regarding an offer, uh, offering a korban, is the dalei will some should be and summit must be, must be done for the sake of that korban. if he's shechting a shlomim, it must be for the sake of a shlomim. If he shechting a ola, it must be for the sake of an ola. And if a person shechting. Um, a Koban Pesach, it must be for the sake of a Koban Pesach. You must do it for the wrong. You mustn't check the Koban Pesach, the Shem Shlomim, or something like that. Um, what are the Dalil avoiders? So remember, these are the four primary aspects of offering a Korban. That's the Shchita, the slaughtering, the Kabola, the receiving of the blood, the Holacha, the carrying it to the Mizbeach, and the Zrika, the sprinkling. So those four avoiders are what we're discussing. They must be done in now, by all other korbanos, if it's not done the korban is still valid, it just doesn't count as the owners. So if the owner um, owes, or for a reason, has to bring a korban, but it's done shalol then he would have to bring another korban. Again, the korban would still be offered. However, the two exceptions to that rule is a korban chattas and a korban pesach. So obviously, we're going to um, focus on a korban pesach. So if someone, let's say sheikhs, or catches the blood, or carries, If the, well, shechting, you know, just to remember, shechting can be done by anyone. The Kabbalah, Halacha, and Zrika have to be done by a Kohen, in his big day kohen, etc. Um, so if it is shechted, or the Kabbalah, or the Halacha, the Zrika is done for the sake of a shlamim, it would be an invalid Korban Pesach. So that's what we're going to focus on in today's um, daf. He says, HaPesach, SheShokhtu, SheLoy Lishmo, v'k- V'Kibbal, V'Halach, V'Zorach, SheLoy Lishmo. If HaKabam Pesach was Shechted, or received, or the, blood was, or the blood was received, or the blood was carried, or the blood was sprinkled on the Mizbech, not for its sake, I for a Shlomim. Or Lishmo, V'Shalo Lishmo. Or both Lishmo and SheLoy Or the other way around, Or SheLoy Lishmo, V'Lishmo. Both, if it was SheLoy Lishmo or Lishmo, Hosel, it is invalid. Kaitza ad lishmo veshalolishmo. What do you mean by if the Koban pesach was um, done for its sake and for another sake? It says the pesach or shlomim. If the person doing had in mind for a pesach and he had in mind for a shlomim. Shalolishmo vlishmo. What does it mean? Shalolishmo and lishmo. shlomim or pesach. That if it is done. For the sake of a Shlomim or for the sake of a Pesach? Just one interesting discussion from here is to make it Shelolish Mod, does the person, I mean, we use the, uh, we're going to see in the Gemara, it uses the language of machshava or Kavona, which is, sounds like intent from the mind. but Rashi learns that you have to say what you shecht in the Korban for, to make it invalid. So let's say he takes his Korban Pesach and he thinks he's going to do it as a Shlomim, that would not invalidate it. But if he says, I'm doing this Korban, I'm doing the the L'shem Shlomim, that would invalidate it. Yeah, now what the Gemara is going to ask, is when we were said that he has both intent for its sake and intent for not its sake. Is that in the same avodah, let's say he says, I'm going to do the shchitah for a Korban Pesach. While doing the shchitah, he says, I'm doing the shchitah for a Korban Pesach and for a Korban Shlomim. That's the one option. In one avodah, in one of those four stages, he has both intents. I Like a double statement, a dual statement. I'm doing this as a Pesach and a Shlomim. Or maybe in the zrika he says, I'm sprinkling the blood as a Pesach and a Shlomim. And that's the one option. The other option is maybe in the shchitah, he does it L'shem Pesach. And in the kabbalah, he does it L'shem Shlomim. Or the other way around. For the shchitah, he does it L'shem Shlomim. And the kabbalah, he does it L'shem Pesach. So that's what the Gemara is going to ask. And that will affect who the author of the Mishnah is. So why we're asking this question is to determine who's the author, which opinion is it following. Let's see it inside. It says, oh, Is the Mishnah discussing one avoider, either good the, the Lishmo and the Shelo for the sake of a Pesach and for the sake of the Shlomim, is that in one avoider, or is it in two separate avoiders? It says, Tanan. And we learn to the Mishnah, T'nan avoida achas, Sorry, I misread it. Ba'avoyda to Omar dvorov is it speaking about one, um, in one Avoda? and then the Mishnah would have to be Rebi Yoisehi, who says you take even the second statement into account. The tafus because if it's Rebbe rebimaya says you go after what he said first. I this per, Let's say we're discussing one of what, Let's say we're discussing the shmita. Okay, and it could be with any of the four avodas just about. Um, but yeah, it could be with any of the four avodas. But we discuss. Let's just for example discuss shmita. He says these dual statements that are incompatible. He says I'm shafting at l'shem pesach and l'shem shlomim. Now, according to Rebbe Meir, you always take his first statement into account. You ignore the second off. If he says one, st- well, if he says one thing that has two contradictory statements, you Losh and rishon, and you follow what he says first. So in this case, what did he say? I'm shechting it for a Pesach and a Shlomim. What's his first thing? Um Pesach, and therefore it would be valid. According to Rebbe Yossi, you take both statements into account. The person even means the second, the end of his second statement, to take effect. So you take both into account and it would be valid, uh, invalid, sorry. So that's the first possibility. If we learn the Mishnah is speaking about one uh, one avoider the whole discussion is when the person had the correct intent and the wrong intent is in the schritte or all the, the other avoiders. Then that would be Rabbi Yossi and not Rabbi Meir, because according to Rabbi Meir, if he started with, it should be, I want this to be my Korban Pesach, it would be valid. Or maybe the Mishnah is speaking about it in two separate avoiders, either the and the Zrika. And even according to Rabbi Meir, who says you only take his first statement into account. That's obviously where he's doing it in one avoider. But in two avoiders, he will agree that it is invalid. I, um, in other words, if he says, according to Rebbe May, again, he says, I'm shechting this for a Pesach and a Shlomim. Obviously, according to Rebbe May, you take the first language. So it would be L'shem Pesach, and it would be good, it would be valid. What happens if he says, by the Shchitte, he says, I'm doing it L'shem Pesach, and by the Kabbalah Lachos or Zrika, he says, I'm doing it, the Shem Shlomim. Well, that's two different avoiders. Obviously, you would take both into account, and the Shchit would have been done Nishmo, but the second avoider would have been done Shalolishmo, and it would be invalid. So is our Mishnah one avoider and only Rebbe Yoisi? Or is our Mishnah two avoiders and even Rebbe Meir? So as Omri, they said, hey, What part of the Mishnah? Um, Okay, which phrase, which part of the Mishnah is it going on? If you say it's going on where he shechted it, she and Lishmo, well then whether it's done in one Avoida or two avoiders, whether you hold like Rabbi Meir or Rabbi Oisi, the first statement would make it invalid, as we'll see now. So, again, if we're going on the case where he first said, I'm doing it as a shlomim and then as a pesach, well, then, if, which whichever one, whether it's in one avod or two would be invalid. Big of Adam Nitvas Islay, Rabbi Yossi holds even the second statement is taken into account. I you take both parts of his statement, the first part and the second part. But here the first part is invalid. So Rabbi Yossi would hold this invalid. And obviously, according to Rabbi Meir who says you only take his first statement into account, would it be invalid? So that can't be. The question is regarding if it was done lishmo and shalolishmo. So, just to clarify the question again, is if a person, the Mishnah says if he does chitta lishmo and shalolishmo, sorry, the, the person says if he does the avoid of the common pesach lishmo and shalolishmo, it is invalid. Now, is that one avoid or two avoiders? Is that all speaking where he had both intents by the um. Where he had both intents in the Shritta or both intents in the Zrika, which would only fit with Rebbe Yoise, because according to Rebbe Meir, you go after the first part of the statement, so it would be valid. Again, he's doing it for a Pesach and a Shlomim, Lishmo and Shalolishmo. Or are we speaking about two different I Let's say he had the one intent, the intent to do it Lishmo in the Shritta, and the intent to do it for a Shlomim in the Kabbalah. So that would be, even according to Rebbe Meir, that would be invalid. So Toshma come in here. If a person did the Shrit of the Qob Pesach with wrong intent and then he received the blood and carried it and sprinkled it also with wrong intent. Now hey chidami, what 's the case e if you want to take it at face value lameli why does it have to be wrong intent for all four avoiders Mika it 's possible from the first one I, as soon as he had intent to do the sri shaish it 's invalid doesn 't he doesn 't need to do the andrika with wrong intent to make it invalid just the shittter so love. Hachiktarir, it must be. This is what the Bryce is, what it's teaching. A pesach she shachtu she Inami shachtulishmo. A pesach which was shechedu she lalishmo allishmo. The kibbevahalach v'zaraach she Inami shachtov kibbevahalach lishmo v'zaraach she lalishmo. I, if any, even if he started it with lishmo, and then for any of the letter avodas he had she lalishmo, you have a avoid which is to avoid us. I, um, basically they're, yeah, so it's saying that if he started off Lishmo and then he did other avodoshelolishmo, it doesn't matter whether it was the Holacha or the Kabbalah or the Zrikah or a whole, or a few of them, but as soon as he does one with Shalolishmo, it's invalid. Now we haven't brought out our proof yet because that's uh, that's two different avoiders. That is, let's say he had lishmo by the schita and shelolishmo by the other three, etc. He says ima safer, Then it says in the second part lishmo v'shelolishmo. If he does it both lishmo and shelolishmo, na hechidami In avoiders If you want to say it's discussing two separate avoiders, well, that's the risha. It must be discussing only one The avoider. And then it must be that we even take the second case into account. Again, the price has two clauses. The first clause is clearly speaking about where you had one intent during the one avoider. Again, remember when I say avoida, I'm referring to the four primary avoiders that have to be done with correct intent. The shchita, the slaughtering, the kapola, the receiving of the blood, the halacha, the carrying the blood to the Mizbech, and the Zirika and the sprinkling the blood on the Mizbech. So those are the, the avodas. When we're discussing the avodas, that's what I'm referring to, one of those. And obviously there's that order. So the first part is definitely discussing where you had different intent for the different avodas. Therefore, for the second brise, which must be saying, must be discussing where you had different intent for the same avoda. And it says if you do it, lishmo, for its sake, and for its, not its sake. I in one avoider it's in fact it must be Rabbi so the answer is a lot not necessarily you could still be speaking about two avoiders and the ratio is not where you that had one intent during the shchita and one intent during the zrika it's where you had intent during the shchita to do the shchita lishmo, but at the same time as doing the shchita, you had in mind that you were going to do the zhrikah shelo lishmo. Sorry. Sorry. The ratio the, the is where he has intent while shchita for the shchita and the shchita or the Zrika and the Zrika. Um, but say for the second part, the koy the kochoshi bezrika That's where he's doing the shrita and his intent is on the zrika. I this is what this is what the kohen is saying. I am she'chting this korban pesach for its sake. I as a korban pesach to sprinkle its blood, not as a uh, as a pesach. I'd be interested. So what we're splitting it up? No, we're dealing in one avoider, But the two different clauses are the first clause is where he's. Doing the shitta and what's his intent regarding that I is, is he doing the shritta lishmo or li mo? That's the first part. The second part is where he has in, he's doing the shrithalish lishma, but at the same time as he's doing the shritalish lishma, he's thinking about doing the zrika shalolish A later stage with the wrong intent. So he says, Oh, the kamah sh- and it's coming to teach us. The avoid la avoida. If you are doing one avoida and your mind is doing that avoida on condition to do another avoida, your intent takes effect. So very interesting. While doing the shritta and you're doing a hundred percent perfect shritta with intent to and you're saying for the sake of a pesach. So the shita is perfect. But you're saying I'm doing the shritta on condition that I'm gonna do the zrika shalolish more. Even though you're doing the schritte now, you're not doing the Zrik now, you're doing the schritte now, your intention regarding the Zrika takes effect and it would invalidate it. Vahanu Boyd and actually this is a question elsewhere that Rav Popper asks, if you have intent during one avoider, does it affect another avoider? If you, sorry, if in one avoider you have intent regarding a, a later avoider, does it have effect? And according to this way of learning, it would answer our question. But we still have no way of knowing in our Mishnah, are we referring to one avoider or two avoiders? Again, where the person had this dual intent, lishmo v'shelolishmo, is that going on? One avoider in one of the avoiders, he has both. I'm going to do this shchita for the sake of a Pesach and the sake of a Shlomim. And then to say that that is invalid would only fit with Rebioisi, or is it or again or is it in two Avoidas that it would be even Rebimeas? It says Toshma. I'll try to bring a proof from Almishnah says Oishalolishmo Vlishmo Posal. If he has intent, Shelolishmo Elishmo it's posel. Now he dami, what's the case? E avoidos If you say we're speaking about two separate avoidas, hash the lishmo mart, well in the you just told me that if you do it for the sake of a Pesach and for the sake of a Shlomim, you told me it's possible, then obviously if you first do it with wrong intent and then the correct intent, it's invalid. It must be discussing one avoider. Okay, Again, if you want to tell me the Mishnah, when the Mishnah says if you do it for the sake of, um, for the sake of, uh, Yeah. If you tell me that if I do the Shchitah for the sake of a Pesach, for a Pesach, and the Kabbalah for the sake of a Shlomim, it's invalid, well then obviously if I start off with wrong intent, I start off doing the Shchitah for a Shlomim, and only do the Kabbalah um, as, uh, for a Pesach, it will be invalid. So it must be that it's speaking about one clause. When we're to say for our body of Achaz, in one avoider. And therefore the ratio would also be one avoider. So the Gemara answers Not necessarily. It's actually speaking in two different avoiders. And you're right. We don't need the second clause. We don't need it. Once we've said that if you do the two different avoiders, one is and the second one it's invalid. Then, obviously, if you start off, it's going to invalid, you're right. We don't need it. But since the Tana taught it, first taught, it's just going to, by the way, teach. We often find, remember, the Mishnas were compiled in a way that was easy to remember. So sometimes to keep it uniform, they say the flip case. Okay, and here we're saying we don't need the flip case. If you do the shritta for the sake of a Pesach, obviously, if you and you do this Zrika for the sake of a Shlomim, it's invalid. Well, then obviously, if you start off with the Shrita for the sake of a Shlomim, your korbans is going to be invla- invalid. But that's... Uh, but it, so it's not necessary, but it just teaches us, by the way. So toshma, let's try and bring a proof from the next Mishnah. Now, just before we go see the proof, the next Mishnah... There's um, some there's certain other invalidations of the Korban Pesach. If you shecht the Korban Pesach, as we'll see for someone who can't eat it, let's say, remember, they would generally shecht the Korban Pesach for a group of people. Um, you would have to be... Um, what's it? Each You'd have to sign up to join a Korban Pesach. You'd have to be a group. And the Korban Pesach would be shechted for that group. You can't shecht the Korban Pesach and then add someone to your group. So that's what it means, Limnu Yov, to those who are... Sometimes translated as those who are registered to that common Pesach. So that's one important point. Now another important point is la Ochlof. What happens if you have someone who can't... He might be part of a group of them, but he can't eat the common Pesach because he's too old or he's sick. So if you Shekht the common Pesach for a group of people who can't... uh, who can't eat it, it would be invalid. Let's say someone very kindly says, Oh, you know what? There's that group of old people over there. I'm going to, let's uh, join them together and we'll share the common Pesach on their behalf so that they're not left out. If they're all too old to eat the minimum amount of common Pesach or at Shalom hospital um, ICU ward, they're not able to eat uh, that amount, the uh, kazais of common Pesach, it would be, again, if you share the common Pesach, for those who can't eat it, it is invalid. So that's lo'ochlov and limnuyov, those who can't eat it or those who are not registered to it. La'arelim ulatmeim, to those who are uncircumcised or those who are tomei. Again, you shech the common pesach on behalf of people who are tomei or on behalf of people who do not have a bris mila. That would be invalid. Now, hachem. So he says, so, so that's, so let's, once we know those principles, let's go into the Mishnah. It says, to, to the proof. Tosh ma'a shel lola ochlov, if you shech the Koban Pesach, for those who can't eat it. V'shalolim or those who aren't registered to the Koban Pesach. Le'arelim, for those who don't have circumcision, or or for those who are tomate possele, it's an invalid Koban Pesach. Now nah, hacha pshita b'avodah achas. There it's obviously, this is, again, this is the next Mishnah, he's speaking about one avoda. It's not discussing where you have half-half there. It's clearly speaking about one avoider. And by the fact that that latter Mishnah is one avoider, this Mishnah, the, the, the Mishnah that we're learning, which is the first part, must also be one avoider. So come on, ask you can't bring a proof from there. Each Mishnah is its case. I say for achas, that Mishnah is definitely right discussing one case, but Al Mishnah Ebishtea Avoidas Raisha Iba The Reisha Al Mishnah could either be discussing one avoider or two avoidas. Again, you're right. Generally we view the Mishnahs of one parak in a way as one long perik. But when the Mishnah is clearly discussing different cases, well then it could be the relevant scenario to that case. So just because in the case of those who can't eat it, those who aren't registered it, if you, sorry, if you shecht the common Pesach on behalf of those who can't eat it, aren't registered, uncircumcised, etc. Just because that's discussing intent by one avoider, well, our case is different. We're discussing a dual thought of shelo and eshmael Okay, so let's try and answer our question again. Toshma. Leokhlav v'shelol achlav. If you shecht it for those who can eat it and those who can't eat it. Kosher, it's valid. I... Again, as we said in the previous point, if you would check the Korban Pesach on behalf of a group of people and none of those people are able to eat a Korban Pesach, it's invalid. This mission tells us if you check it on behalf of some, some, uh, some of the people you had in mind for this Korban Pesach could not eat it, but some could eat it, it's kosher. Now, hey, chidami, what's the exact case? You avoiders if you want to say we're discussing two avoiders. I he it in mind for those who can eat it and that he, and that he would do the zrika for those who can't eat it, the And maybe you'll say the only problem there the why is it kosher? Because your intent for those who can eat it is not effective by zrika. Oh yeah this is an important point i left out that this that you ha- this requirement that you have to set the common pesach on behalf of people who can eat it is only by the shchita and if you do the zrika Within mind for people who can't eat it, it doesn't affect the Koban Pesach. It's specifically by the Shchita that you have to have this intent that, that it has to be for those who can eat it. Um, so he says, oh, so maybe the reason is, Hobav, maybe the, so maybe the reason the Mishnah says that it's a kosher pe, a Pesach is because you had intent for those who could eat it when you were doing the Shchita, and you had intent for those who can't eat it. For the zrika, but that doesn't matter because, as we said, if you have intent for the zrika, uh, for for those who can't eat it at the zrika, it doesn't invalidate it. So the 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 bahanya is impossible. But if you had intent, dual intent for two avoiders, then it would be invalid. I, if while doing the shmita, you had intent for those who can and can't eat it, it would be invalid it says, but wait we know that if you have intent as long as some of the people you have intent when you shecht in the Pesach for can eat it it would be valid So it must be discussing one avoider and by the fact that the sefer the second clause is one avoider the ratio must also be one avoider no, how can you bring a proof from there now, just because that scenario is discussing one avoider doesn't mean the Mishnah which is discussing a different scenario he's also speaking about a scenario one scenario um, and therefore he leaves it the Gomorrah leaves this question unanswered. We're not sure. Again, we start off with the question. When our Mishnah says, if you had dual thought, Lishmo and Shalolishmo, is it in one avodah? let's say you do the Shchita for both its sake and not its sake, is our Mishnah going to say that that is invalid because it's like Rebbe Yoisi who takes the second half of the statement, but according to Rebbe Meir, it would be valid? Or is our Mishnah speaking over two avoiders? This said, it says it was done for the sake of the Pesach, is valid, sorry, if it would be one order it would be valid according to Rebbe Meir, but if it's two avoiders, even Rebbe Meir would agree it's invalid. Sorry. Um, um, yeah, so that's the question. So just interesting, if you notice, the Gemara didn't answer its question. It didn't answer whether Al Mishnah is discussing one avoider or two avoiders. Um, there's a very interesting sefer. We know that on all the Gemara that is practical halacha relevant, um, even when there's not a base one of the primary halachic works on it is the Rif. Um, simply, what the Rif looks like, he does is he takes. The question of the Gomorrah and the bottom line either answer the halacha and he puts it together in a safer. So if you read through the riff, you get a halachic summary of the Gomorrah. Obviously what the riff, this, the Rif was a very early Rishon, um, lived about a thou, uh, approximately a thousand years ago, um, and that's what it is. Obviously that's more to it than that because he fills in sentences to clarify, he chooses how to pasken etc so it's a, it's, a, it's a phenomenal work and a phenomenal way of doing a halachic summary of the gemara now the choped's hayim he put in a lot of energy to encourage people to learn kodshim i mean the section we're learning now if you think about it it's not very practical it's got to do with the korban pesach so these areas of shas many people actually like put on the back like they put on the top back corner of their shelf. They don't put it in front because what? when you're going to learn, you want to learn something that's practical and relevant. So he put in a lot of energy to encourage and he wrote for him and and got old manuscripts, etc. together of others for him to encourage people to learn Kodjim. He said Mashiach could come any day and we need to be ready and we need to know how to serve in the base of Amigdash. Besides, he has a whole sefer and a whole introduction to, his, well, introduction to his sefer where he speaks about all the other values of learning and learning these sections about sacrifices and the temple service. So it's not just that reason that Mashiach might come, but he goes through a whole lot of advantages of learning about it. But interesting, because of that, he said, we also have to know the halacha. And as I pointed out, the riff only wrote it on uh, the parts of, Shas that are relevant to us now. So Nezikin, damages, theft, bruches, um, sukkah, you know, all these areas that are practical to us nowadays, that's what the Rif commentary on. So he went and he wrote a, a commentary that's similarly styled to the Rif. Uh, he takes the question of the Gomorrah and the halachic answer and brings a conclusion. Now he points out, he says, don't think that I'm like the Rishonim, the great, great Rishonim who, who could do these things. He bases his psak based on earlier opinions, largely the Rambam. So um yeah, so that's his safer It's called Halachas. It's a riff styled commentary on uh, these parts of Shas which are kodshe which are relevant to sacrifices and the temple service. So there he gives the um, the conclusion that our um our mission is actually like Rabbi so it's discussing one of because that's just more interesting background into the prophet's times. the emphasis on learning this maybe in the next few days I'll try to remember to mention a few other points why he mentions learning Kochim learning these sections are so important um, okay now we go on to a new question so we've dealt with the one question we're now going on to um, the an, another question the Koban Pesach um, very interestingly, as we said, if on Erev Pesach, you shecht the korban Pesach, shelolishmo, I, for the sake of a shlomim, not for the sake of a Pesach, it's invalid. Earlier than that, I, let's say someone finds a beautiful lamb, so they set it aside two weeks before Pesach. And then comes along someone one day later, I, so still a, a week and a half before Pesach, and Shechs that lamb. If they shecht it l'shem pesach, it is invalid. And if they shecht it shalolishmo, ay l'shem shlomim, it's valid. So very interesting. Again, a korban pesach that is shechted on Erev pesach has to be lishmo. A korban pesach shechted earlier than that. Has to be shechted, Shelo lishmo, Aye, If the person shechting it says this is a shlomim, then it's valid. So, Ipoilehu, they asked the question, Pesach to That's what it's written. A Pesach that is shechted during the rest of the year. Lishmo lishmo, And it's done again for the sake of a Pesach and for the sake of a shlomim. Mahu, what's the halacha? Now again, if it shechted lishmo as a Pesach, this korban that was set aside as a Pesach, and Pesach is coming up in two weeks, and it shechted lishmo as a korban Pesach, it is invalid. If it shechted as a shlomim, it is valid. So, so what's the halacha if he has a dual intent there? Now it explains the question. Mi, I see, ma Maybe the, for the, doing it for this for not its sake, I for a shlomim, takes it out of the status of Lishmo, Mah and it's kosher or law, or maybe it doesn't take it out. it was done with dual intent, and one of the intents was Lishmo, and therefore it's invalid. So Kiasa Ravdimi Omar Amir say came at the yirmia. When Ravdimi came he said, I was giving over this teaching before yirmia, and I said as follows Hol V machshiro Bismano. Vishlo machshiro Mahshiro If on its right time, i on erev Pesach, if it's done Lishmo, it's kosher. If it's done Lishmo, Sheh Sorry. And then, on oh, not it's time. I, a few days before Pesach, it is done. Sheh it is valid. Ma Lishmo, HaMachshiro, HaMachshiro, Bizmano, Ain Moitzimidei, Sheh Lo Just as if you are doing it for both Lishmo and Sheh Lo on Erev Pesach, it does not save it. As Sheh Lo Lishmo, HaMachshiro, Sheh Lo Bizmano, Lishmo, so too, when it's not its time, the Shailishmo will not save it from being Lishmo or possible that it would be invalid. Aye, what's he saying? He's saying that if on Air of Pesach you take this jewel kavona um, kavana into it into account, well then so too on a few days before Pesach you have to take this jewel kavana into, into account and it would be invalid. V'amali lo. And again, this is Rabbi Yir-Mia speaking. Sorry, Rav Dimi telling us what he told Rabbi Yir-Mia, And he says, Rabbi Yir-Mia told me, no, that's not correct understanding. He says, This concept of shalolishmo affects all sacrifices. This concept of it Lishmo only applies by a Korban Pesach. So it's not as strong. I Again, if you have any sacrifice, I mentioned this right at the beginning, any sacrifice has to be shechted for that purpose. If it's a chattis and it's shechted for another purpose, another type of sacrifice, it's invalid. And even other korbanos, they're negatively affected by the fact that they don't count as the owner's korban. So if you take a olah and you shecht it as a shlamim, it's negatively affected. It doesn't count as the olah. The owner has to bring, etc. So we see this concept of shelolish affects all sacrifices negatively, but this concept of Lishmo doing a sacrifice for its purpose can only affect the korban Pesach negatively. what as as we just learned, if you come on the tenth of Nissan, five days before Pesach, and you shecht this korban Pesach for the sake of a Pesach. It's invalid. So this that's shechting it, lishmo, that's shechting a Korban Pesach for the sake of a Pesach and it's invalid. So it's the only time, the only sacrifice that we find, lishmo affects it negatively. So what? what's he saying? He's saying shalolishmo is much more powerful. It can affect all sacrifices. Whereas lishmo is not so powerful, it can affect a few sacrifices. And therefore um, therefore just because lishmo um, can't overpower Shalolish more maybe Shalolish more the rest of the year can overpower Lishmo. so my have your what's the answer okay so my have your i if you check the pesach a few days before a korban pesach a few days before pesach with the dual intent for Lishmo and Shalolish. Is it valid or invalid? So Omar, Pop Amara Rover Rover says Pesach is shechted by Shari Moishe Lishmo Kosher. It's valid. Stam It's Lishmo. I, if you had no specific intent and you shechted a Korban Pesach, I you had an animal designated as a Korban Pesach and it was shechted. What's it shechted as? Automatically, it's a common pesach. Stammer without specific intent. It's it's a common pesach. Since when? V'filah hachikishachid leishelolish mo kasher, and therefore, if you shecht the shelolish mo, if you would shecht the shelolish mo, it would be kosher. glei We see that the shelolish mo excludes it from being lishmo. And enami Lishmo, I see Midi Lishmo. Therefore, when you it both lishma and Shalolishmo, the Shalolishmo overpowers it, and it is as if it was Shechted I Another way of phrasing this is um, Rob is saying, a, a korban, an animal designated as a Korban Pesach, when you it it's automatically a Korban Pesach. You don't have to specify that you're doing it for a Korban Pesach. Because it was designated as a common Pesach. Therefore, when you shechted the chelolishmo as a shlomim, it's as if you did both, isn't it? It's as if you, automatically it's as if you did it le Pesach, and the, what you said, you did it for a shlomim, so you did both. And still we see it's considered chelolishmo, and it's a valid karban. See, so once you say the same thing, the same if you said it, if you said I'm doing this karban as a Pesach and a shlomim, well, the fact That you did a chalolich shlomim overpowers it. So, Omalei Rav Barava Lerova, Rav Adabarava said to Rava, Dil Mashini, the Omam, Hechet the He says, Maybe it's different whether you specify it or not. I mean, if you didn't specify you're doing it as a common Pesach, but you specified you're doing it as a Shlomim, well, that's where that uproots its original intent. But if you specified both, you specified I'm doing it as a Pesach and as a Shlomim, well, that's maybe that's not powerful enough. The kosher, because, and I'll prove to you that it makes a difference whether you say it or not. Because if you would shecht the Koban pesach for both those who eat it and those who can't eat it, remember this is what we said at the bottom of the previous page. A korban pesach that is shechted entirely for people who are unable to eat it is invalid. If you did it for both, it's kosher. And if you shechted it uniquely, specifically for those who can't eat it, it would be possible Why should it be kai? If you shechted a koban Pesach without specifying who you shechted it for, you also included those who could eat it. So it says if you shechted it for both those who could eat it and can't eat and still it's invalid. You have to make this distinction with where you said it, or where you did not say it. So to hear, it makes a difference whether you said it or not. I, another way of phrasing this discussion is, obviously, there's a hierarchy in... in I guess, I'm just running sorry. There's a hierarchy in expression or intent which would obviously affect which one's more powerful. You're right. A korban pesach that is designated, an animal that is designated as a korban pesach without specifying anything is automatically a korban pesach when you shift it. But if you do specify, well, that you clearly take into account what the person who's doing the shrit or doing the havoida specifies. And therefore, um, he's almost saying no intent is valid intent, but wrong intent versus specifying correct intent, well, there you have a good way up which one's stronger. But obviously, unspecified intent versus specified intent, you would follow what is specified. So, Amma Lehi Ravu answered, um, there's two ways of reading, Midi Ariyoh, hashta. You can't compare it. Bishleimah, Hossom, Kamadolah, Akaleh, v'adali says, you can't compare it. By the of the common Pesach, As long as you haven't uprooted your intent for it, as long as you haven't uprooted the purpose of shechting it for a Korban Pesach, it's definitely a valid Korban Pesach. It's as if you're saying it's a Korban Pesach. But sure, would you say you're automatically shechting it for those who can eat it? Maybe those who were appointed or registered to this korban Pesach will withdraw and others will register on it. Tonight, as we learn in the Mishnah, You can change who's considered the owner until it's been slaughtered. Aye, who's registered on it. In other words, what Rob is saying is no. When you shek the korban Pesach stam on behalf of a group of people, or, the sorry, let's rephrase it. The korban Pesach, up until it's shechted, is not clearly designated for specific people. Because those people can always change. Today, let's say, we'll say oh, let's have our korban Pesach together. We will sit together on Pesach night and we'll share our Seder and our korban Pesach. No, and then a week later, they decide, no, it's lockdown and you can't mix together. So we're going to have to eat a separate Kobam Pesach. And so too, or we can decide, you know, let's have it together. And then one of you will say, you know what, actually I'm going to go have it with my family. Or one of you will become Tommy and you'll withdraw. So therefore, a Korban Pesach is never stum, never unspecified for a specific group of people. Because that can always change. A Korban Pesach is for, in a way, anyone until it's shechted for that specific group of people. Whereas, a Korban Pesach that was set aside as a Korban Pesach is a Korban Pesach. So that is much stronger, and therefore that's what Rob is saying. It as if, if you have a Korban Pesach, it says if it is a Korban Pesach. And therefore when you come along five days before Pesach, and you take that Korban Pesach, an animal that was designated to be a Korban Pesach, and you shecht it as a Shlomin, it says if you had both intents. It's as if... Since it was definitely going to be a Kaban Pesach, it's as if you had intent for it to be a Kaban Pesach, and it's as if you had intent for it not to be a Kaban Pesach, because you now specified you're doing it as a Shlomim. And therefore, we see that shalolishmo is more powerful than lishmo, and that's what you would follow. Um, And that that is how Rava answers this question, Again the question was if you the Common Pesach the rest of the year and you say it's do, I'm doing it Lishmo and Shalolishmo, is it valid or invalid? Remember if you did it just Lishmo, it's invalid. If you did it Shalolishmo, it's valid. So Rav has just told us that the Shalolishmo is a much powerful kavona and therefore it will overpower the sorry, the Shalolishmo that's is more powerful than the Lishmo, and therefore it would be a valid sacrifice. So that's uh Um, That's that's how Rava answers that question. Okay, and we'll leave it here for today and we'll start the new question tomorrow.